Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast that's all about changing the way we view midlife and bringing the conversation about menopause out into the open. Each week we share stories, experiences and inspiration. We talk to experts on how to best navigate this time of life and find out how other people have not only survived but thrived through this time. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Hello and welcome. I'm really excited to talk to Melissa McGowan today. She's a mother of four and she's a menopause champion. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, how are you, Karen? Hi, I'm great, thank you. We just had the best chat. You've actually formed, right, let me just get through, let me get my brain in gear here because we were just talking before we came on about menopause brain and how you lose your words and you can't yeah. necessarily think in the right order and that we still see that sentences not forming and we wonder what's wrong with ourselves when this happened and you were in a high level corporate job and you quit did you quit because of this kind of stuff is that what happened explain to me so tell me a bit about your background yeah and what happened and where you are now yeah I'm now proudly a postmenopausal woman and I have been for the last four years ago four years or so but I have about 20 years experience in the corporate world so in people and culture leadership roles sort of complex global companies I'm a leadership coach menopause warrior and absolute champion and like you said mum of four kids who also as we were saying know a lot about menopause now but if I look back I was really struggling for a number of years with a range of seemingly disparate things going on, low energy, increasingly low confidence, and a raft of symptoms. And I was compelled to just keep pushing on, to keep going, which led to more kind of overwork. And as we were also saying, blaming myself, right? Because I didn't know what was going on with me. Unfortunately, I am one of those statistics that one in 10 women do leave their jobs often at the, the top of their game due to the symptoms of menopause. And I got to the point where eight doctors later, mind you, we did get some clarity thanks to hot flushes. Certainly I'd been through a whole range of other symptoms from hair loss, anxiety, night sweats, dizziness, chronic sinus infections, a whole range of things before the hot flushes turned up and were the sort of real final clue that the doctor needed to go through some more testing. So when we got to this realisation that it was menopause, and yes, I experienced that, what I call those word holes, I heard someone else call it that, where you're in the middle of a sentence in an important meeting and you literally lose track of what you're saying. And women in our community, they experience that a lot. And when you don't know why that's happening, you think you're losing it. That's what I thought. And you're more likely to be hard on yourself about that. And we can talk about actually why it happens. And I think that knowledge is powerful. But for me, I got to the point where I was just so exhausted with this sort of long struggle with these symptoms of perimenopause and menopause that I got, I just had one day I was out walking with my husband and I just said, I just can't keep doing this. Like we have to do, we have to make a decision here. It was impacting me, like the family, my work, I was exhausted. And I said, all I can see is the options are either I quit my job without really a backup plan. And I was the breadwinner of our family with four kids. So I take that risk and quit or I keep going and try and push on 
in this executive role as the only female on the exec and just further risk my health in the long term with burnout. So it was this awful sort of binary choice, which you know, you think about it as a lose. It was a, either one wasn't great for me or for the company I was working for. And that's my kind of big reflection here is that I needed a third option and we need other options for women. We don't want them to get to this point where they've got that kind of binary choice. And also like, I just lost years, like I call them like the lost, sad, exhausted years. And there was probably about four of them really. And it took me some time to come to grips with what it meant to be menopausal at age 44 and the physiology of burnout and menopause and neither happens overnight and you're just not feeling great for a long time. And then on top of all of that, the lack of awareness and conversation, which we're remedying today, but the lack of those things, I think have just made it worse. And certainly I was probably silencing my body and disconnected in many ways from what was going on. And that all made it, made everything worse. Like you, that mission now as well of why I do what I do, because I, I just want women and their workplaces to thrive and not to be faced with that binary decision and women to leave their jobs and workplaces to lose their talent. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? But something that you said there, like you started with menopause quite early. And yeah. I was talking to a doctor a, a few months ago and they said, when you get to 40, expect any symptom to be menopause, perimenopause. Like just if you start feeling weird, you start losing it, your hormones are all over the place, just assume that it's perimenopause and then you can deal with it. And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it because we don't. We just go, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. And to be fair to the doctors, they most of them are not equipped to deal with menopause. Until recently, menopause was a, an optional extra in the medicine and we right. do medical degree. So they don't even yeah, learn about it. Short appointment, 15 minute appointments, and sometimes as busy women with a lot going on already in yeah. midlife in terms of yeah. work and family responsibilities, relationships, caring, teams, all of that, we can be very guilty of deprioritizing our own health needs. So getting to even making that appointment before it's an absolute crisis is unlikely, which is why this message around be prepared, be aware. And if you are struggling, you don't necessarily have to sit in that for so long. I think the doctors, I think menopause is coming out, perimenopause is coming out. You know, Mia Friedman's just done a summit. We're seeing it pop up more and more in the media people keep saying to me is it just because of you and the algorithm and me and my age or am I suddenly and I'm like no you look like there's Naomi Watts last week there's celebrities there's all sorts of stuff going on so women are speaking more their truth about this to reduce the struggle for other women menopause is coming out but I think we've still got a long way to go before the system catches up Mm. and women get the support they need faster that I think we've still got a long way to go there I'm just trying to imagine here what it is like in the workplace because you as an executive sitting around the table you've got a huge team working underneath you and then you can't string a sentence together when you need to (laughs) it's not going to do a lot for you psychologically yeah and there's probably a couple of avenues I can go down there your audience are probably already fairly well versed in menopause and what it is and what goes on but Again, you think about that midlife and you think about a woman in a leadership job in her career 
and just the level of stress that already exists. I've got a doctor on the team, a menopause specialist, and she often reminds, she says, now, let's just be careful we're not pinning everything on menopause here. So there's already, Brene Brown calls it the great unravelling or something. There, there is already so much going on in midlife, and a lot of it is quite stressful, and that obviously extends to work. And I don't think that's going to change. As you and I probably both understand, the symptoms of menopause, they love stress. They thrive on stress. So what I found was I was stuck in this kind of, not a virtuous, this kind of downward cycle of work stress, life stress, symptoms being worse, sleep getting worse. Sleep disturbance is huge. So I would often be awake, it'd be like 2.14 a.m. and I'd be hours and I'd be thinking, right, I'm leading a leadership team meeting tomorrow. My calendar's back to back. How am I going to cope? How am I going to survive tomorrow? That was like my thought in the middle of the night as I was often ticking through like everything on my possible worry list because that's what hormones do in the middle of the night. They make everything seem so much worse. And then, yeah, you're in a meeting, you're having a hot flush, you're losing the thread of what you're saying and you're feeling self-doubt. I had anxiety for the first time. I've never really had anxiety before. Whilst we know 80% of women will experience the symptoms of menopause and about 25% will have really debilitating symptoms, I think I had a pretty debilitating set of symptoms that probably were exacerbated by the stress and the pace of the life I was living in that in, the, in my corporate job. And I didn't feel particularly inclined to share that with the men that I was working with at the time. And again, the data shows that to be the case, 80% of women don't. Now, I did speak to my manager and that was great because it just relieved some of the pressure for me to be doing crazy stuff like getting up at 4.30 in the morning to get to the airport and get on a flight at X time. Or it gave me a bit more agency around what I was going to attend and not when I was just exhausted. So I like to remind people that an informed manager in that way can really relieve a lot of the pressure on women. But certainly menopause impacts work and I lived that for a long time and I hear from women all the time that are the same like I was speaking to a senior HR leader recently and she said I just couldn't remember in a meeting what had happened the previous meeting and so then I got some feedback afterwards about my lack of contribution to the meeting and she was courageous enough to say to her manager actually I think I'm struggling with some memory stuff going on around perimenopause and that led to, as I would say, that's a menopause-friendly manager moment because that led to a good, open, safe conversation. And then that workplace has since gone on to do more in this space and understand more about menopause and how it impacts work. But it's not always going to be like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot we can do once we understand how it impacts women at work and their productivity and their confidence and even them sticking around. Then businesses can start to appreciate there's actually a really good, compelling business case to talk about this and understand it a little bit more and be supportive but also compliant because menopause related discrimination is absolutely on the rise as well and the UK are a great example I feel like we're just behind them but they've had three times as many cases going through their employment tribunals around menopause related age uh, gender discrimination and, and even group 
legal sort of action. I think it's coming, yeah. Talk to me more about that because I haven't really kept up with that side of things, yeah, for whatever reason. But, yeah, talk to me about that. How is – because if I sit back and think about work – and I haven't worked in a very long time, so not in a business, like I've run my own business, but not for somebody else I haven't worked. I can't imagine that they would be at all sympathetic to, and I, my background is construction as well. So mm. I used to work for big companies like Tarmac and that kind of thing in the UK. So I can't imagine that they'd be at all sympathetic to a woman who was perimenopausal. Yeah. Just talk to me about that. It's interesting because would they be supportive to someone who had slipped a disc in their back? Mm, They'd have to be, wouldn't they? Would they be supportive? Let's talk about mental health, right? We're talking about mental health and the workplace more than we ever have, you know? So would they be supportive around people having issues around perhaps some anxiety or depression? Probably. They, and do they need to just be supportive out of the good of their heart and for the good of their culture? Well, they can be. But do they need to be supportive also so that they're managing their employment risk and not ending up with the costs of constant recruitment, the cost of legal stuff, the cost of defending claims, the impact on their employment brand? Yeah, so it's understanding that menopause, it's not an illness, as you and I know, but... It is a a set of hormonal changes. It's just a fact that they impact women in different ways, but there's some commonality to to how that impacts. And that's not going to go on forever, but it's worsened when there's a lack of understanding, when, when they don't have that support. And so what does that mean? That can lead to these cases we see people making inappropriate jokes, people performance managing people out without understanding what's going on or hearing that even there's a case where the doctor had even said perimenopause symptoms are impacting this woman in this way and they said we're not going to take that into consideration we're still going to we're still going to fire her and then of course that goes to the tribunal and she was successful so you don't have to do a lot you don't have to have a back injury to have empathy for someone who's slipped their disc and what I'm finding is that a lot of men, even in industries like construction, they've still got, they've got wives, sisters, friends, and they're actually quite interested in this. Once we get past the initial part, understanding the facts for them just to be able to feel a bit more equipped and confident themselves if they need to discuss it doesn't have to be a big deal. They don't have to be experts, but the benefits can be really significant commercially and culturally for a company if they're willing to go there and I think the proactive ones will and I think a lot of them have gender equality action plans and this really sits there we've done parental leave we're talking mental health we've done flexibility this is really an extension of gender equality in the workplace it isn't it that was what I was thinking the other going back a couple of paces as well it never occurred to me to look at it from the space of menopause hormones love stress. They do, don't they? Yeah, (laughs) they really do. There's a wonderful neurologist called Lisa Moscone. She's Italian. She's amazing. She looks at women's brains and, and menopause and she helps us understand that so many of the symptoms they are, are, are originate in the brain. And we're so used to thinking about women's health 
around the bits that she calls it bikini medicine. We think about the bits that are under the bikini, but she's got, she helps us understand things like the energy and the efficiency of the brain does change with the hormonal changes, which is where we have the brain fog and memory loss. And that it's not permanent, but it is part of the hormonal change. So just knowing that is comforting. It's not. But the other thing, she's got this great quote and she says, stress steals your sex hormones. And when you're down in that and you're deeply in the stress and you can't, and someone says the biggest lever you've got to pull here is to manage your stress, that can be overwhelming because like, where do I focus? You've got people throwing, you've got naturopaths throwing stuff to you around gut health and this and thyroid and supplements and there's meditation and there's exercise and there's all this sort of stuff. So what I find is women get, they get overwhelmed and they either try and do too much stuff and it doesn't really impact or they're stuck in a bit of avoidance and they're not doing anything. So the program, I have an eight-week program, but a a big part of that helping women to reduce their symptoms is saying the greatest act of self-compassion that you can really do is to take some action, but some achievable, meaningful action with some support and some guidance and some community, but do yourself a favour, get a plan together and take some action. Don't get stuck in that, you know, what I call meno whelm, which is, it's just exhausting. Like you're looking for solutions, but you've got so much else going on. And then you realise I'm trying to do too much myself. Like you and I were talking before, when your kids are young, you need to outsource stuff. Like you need a cleanup. You need some help to run your house to protect your career. Like it's the best thing you can do for your career when your kids are young at this midlife stage the best thing you can do to protect your health your career and your relationships is get some support on this on menopause don't wait until you're in a crisis and you're seeing all these doctors even a doctor who I'm to collaborate with and she's amazing she said to me the other day she said you've helped open my eyes to the fact because she didn't want to see it to start with that very capable women are being bounced around the system and not getting the help they need. She's just set up her one day a week in her practice to focus on menopause. Two years ago, that wasn't on her radar. We became friends after I was a patient. And uh, yeah, she said, thanks for helping me see that. I didn't didn't want to see it. And like you, I'm not about doctor bashing, but there's just some realities here. It is the realities. And that's the really sad thing. But I also think a lot of us suffer in silence as well because we want to try and hide it because we're concerned that there's something really wrong with us what the hell is wrong with us whereas the act of sharing and talking about it gives us the confidence to go on and do that in other areas of our life so we're not feeling like we're hiding something oh totally and again there's lots of different ways you can do that but I see some of these Facebook groups for example lots of people on them free Facebook communities and women are pouring out their parts about their deepest perimenopause struggles and asking for guidance from people who don't have the expertise. So they're getting told to try this product or that product or put some snake oil in your belly and rub that in or whatever it is. And I don't think that's helpful. So this is where I sort of get to, I challenge women as well and say, you can do that. You're not going to solve stuff for you you're going to be able to ruminate and commiserate with a big group of women but taking ownership for your health is different than that yeah how does that look taking ownership so I think that can look a whole range of different ways but if I reflect for me 
given what we've said about the medical system and, and again, midlife and busy women, how can we make it easier and more accessible to help women become their own experts? So that's my kind of firm belief and proposition is there's, I've tried products, so many products. I used to travel all the time overseas for work and I'd come back with all these different products from the US or Europe and they don't like, yeah, they're nice. Some of them might help, but really understanding knowledge to connect the dots on what's going on with you so that what you can do to feel better now, that's truly, I think, where the power is. So that can be that can be reading, that can be proactively going to see a doctor who specialises in this area. It doesn't have to be an endocrinologist or whatever, but like having this more proactive approach to your health rather than waiting, you know, till a crisis. And the doctor on my team said since the Mia Friedman Summit, she's had women doing that, coming in and saying, hey, I'm hearing about this perimenopause thing, I want to talk to you about it. Program, we combine self-paced modules so women just get enough of that knowledge with coaching sessions with our experts, right? So a women's pelvic physiotherapist, sex therapist, menopause specialist. So you can get your own action plan. You're empowered. I know if I want to HRT, I've understand, I've busted the myths. I know what I'm going to go and ask for. I know what questions to ask. So saving time, money and, and less struggle. And to your point, it's, oh, we just tolerate stuff, don't we? We just, to- we just tolerate stuff. And I do love the fact that one of the changes that happens with the brain with menopause, and you touched on it before, is actually the circuitry does change a little bit to just give a few less Fs about everyone else. And just a little bit more of, for me, because of the hormonal shift isn't quite as into the caring and nurturing. And I think that's a really good thing. And yet it's bizarre that it comes, you have to go through that process, you know, where you could end up quitting or losing your job because of the stuff that's going through menopause, whereas in actual fact, you'll be best equipped to to deal with it and to move forwards from there afterwards. I do, I coach in my coaching practice, I coach a number of women individually and in groups who are in their 30s or even earlier. So this is where let's help them do great work minus burnout so that when they get into this life stage, they don't have the same level of normalised stress if they can manage their burnout symptoms. So that's where we get into What is it you're trying to achieve? How do you hold boundaries? How can we stop rescuing everyone all the time? Because what is that really costing us? So some of this stuff. So it's a really great point. And I'm, I'm finding there's this next generation of women are curious about this. They're interested about menopause. They know more about their menstrual cycle. They're not of that generation that didn't talk about anything. And they're saying, hey, yeah, I want to be a bit more prepared for this. Yeah. Men and women, I think, you know, because I was saying to you, my son, when I first started this, he said, mom, I need to know about this because I want to know what my wife's going to experience. I need to be able to support her. And I think a lot of that generation are of the same mind. They're not of the narrow mind like hormones. Women's hormones are a bit of an aberration. It makes them a bit strange. That's where the true gold lies as well in that education of both genders, sexes. It does. And I think that gold in what you just said there, when I had a doctor say to me, I'm sorry to tell you, Melissa, but you were in menopause. Knock me over. I was so shocked 
And then I just cried because I was like, without even thinking about it, that just was, mm-hmm. was a negative thing. It meant I was old. Yep. I was like, I had all this unconscious bias yeah. about what it meant. And so the gold in what you just said is this is about hormone changes. It's not about age. And we can expect those hormone changes for most women to start happening in their 40s. And that sort of changes that reframe and just understanding we know hormones are powerful. And once we start to understand a little bit the impact of those changing hormones and that we're not broken, we're not alone, it's not our fault, but there are things we can do. It's a game changer. It is. And it's one of the things that I came across when I first started this. And I think I've moved so far beyond it because I've been doing this for two and a half years now. I don't even think about it, but so many women look on menopause as being that's the end of their useful life. They're now officially old when you hit menopause. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas for me, when I thought about it, so hang on a minute. I've now got decades of experience at not just working, running a business, running a family, organizing everybody, doing all this stuff. I'm actually more useful now than I was before I started this process. But we tend not to look on it that way. Maybe my generation a bit older, that's the way it's looked on. Oh, no, I'm seeing that. Yeah, and so I I call that minnow possibility, which is that idea of looking ahead with renewed optimism and confidence and opportunity. But we did a research study and there was a number of women at different stages of menopause who had almost, again, taken on that belief that where they weren't good enough for where they were, they needed to try and keep up with the youngies and go and I'm all up for investing in your growth, but go and do all these different courses and learn all these because they were constantly comparing themselves with others. And I said one of them left her job as a result of her confidence just going down and down. In fact, a number of them did. But I said to her, you've been doing this for 20 years. Like you're just, you've, you're not in your power right now because of what's going on with your health and your well-being. You've lost your sense of power. But your example there is like when you regain that sense of healthy power, that's awesome. And I think that's the goal in what you're doing as well, isn't it? To help women focus on other things as opposed to, oh, my God, I can't think my way through a sentence. I'm stuck. Yeah, Yeah, you've just got to get that stuff somewhat sorted and have a good sort of plan in place for your health and well-being. So that then you can look at other things and move forward and see, see options because you're not in that survival mode so much, yeah? So what's the one thing that you want to get across to people? What would you say to, to people, anybody that's listening to this? Because I'm male listeners as well as female. Oh, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good point. I think actually maybe just to keep it simple, I think menopause, to your point about men and women, is really now all of our business. It's not just secret women's business anymore. We've talked about how it impacts work, families, it impacts relationships. We didn't really touch on that so much. It's a huge impact on relationships. So if this becomes, as we're opening this conversation, we're reducing stigma, we're increasing awareness, that's good for all of us. So I think that's probably my, I do think the message around that it's about hormone change is important, 
But personally, for me, I'm very passionate about this idea that menopause is all of our business. And it is a wasted resource going back a few steps, isn't it? Because if you lose somebody in a business because they're going through menopause, whether you fire them or they leave through whatever, that's a massive loss of experience and and value to the to both the company and the woman involved. Yeah, and there's the directable costs around replacement and knowledge loss and these sorts of things, time. And then there's some great research that's come out. I was just reading in Harvard Business Review. Then there's the kind of knock-on effects of that on peers, team, and others about losing someone in a leadership role. So when you add up all of those costs, it's really significant. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that, but it is because mm. you're losing a core member of your team, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny and, that and we all need more women in leadership. Yeah, I know. Isn't it interesting that oh, isn't it interesting that this undermines women to the extent that they don't perceive their own value? Yeah, That's really sad. That confidence loss is a really common part of the perimenopause experience particularly if you're out in the wild trying to figure this out on your own and you're not sure what's going on and you're potentially then being more self-critical as a result of that. Yeah, that's uh, that really gets you out of your power. Yeah. Tell me, just before we go, I just want to, what's the funniest thing that happened to you during menopause? I've just dropped you in it there and I can yeah. do this bit if you can't think of anything. I just thought I'd ask. There's not many things that that were funny at the time. No, we don't yeah. find them funny at the time, do we? No, but I can look back and I can go now funny in the sense of like how ridiculously difficult this can be for women. So whilst the day of menopause is that kind of day after 12 months with no period, and often women won't remember their last period, I will never forget mine because I was in a boardroom full of men and I was in a hotel, we were doing a meeting and suddenly I just had a flooding unexpected period and I was wearing a light coloured pair of like pants, like trousers. And I was just, I was standing at the front of the room and I was like, oh my God, it was just horrendous. So I had to make an excuse that I'd left something in my hotel room and with a group of sort of people who really like to be on task and on on agenda. And so I was backing out and, and I had to go back to the hotel room and wash my trousers and then get out the hairdryer. And because oh I couldn't go back in a different outfit, suddenly like I left something in the room and I can't. And you just look back on that and you literally, it is almost humorous how ridiculous this can be for women. I mean, that so that sticks with me. I had a similar embarrassing moment, exactly the same thing. I was in a, I was actually in a personal development program and I was just sat there and like you say, that flood and I just went, holy cow. And I said to, because we were in the middle of the course, so I couldn't read and I was sat two rows from the front as well. (laughs) Fortunately, I was sat with a friend, another woman, but it was really interesting because I turned to her and I said, look, I'm in trouble here. I need to go to the bathroom and I might need to go home. Can I borrow your jumper? And she just looked at me. She was a a few years younger than me, but not a lot, not understanding what's going on. And I had to whisper to her, I said, I think I flooded everywhere. And she's, oh, and I stood up 
and I wrapped her, I kind of half stood up and wrapped her jump around my waist. I'd forgotten about this, just reminded me when you were saying. And when I stood up, it was all over the chair and she's just yeah. looking in heart. I said, put something on it. <laughs> trying to get out of the room. <laughs> See, people listening to this now, if that happens, they're like, ah, I get yeah. it. In the same way of like in workplaces that I support to understand this, if they see a woman grasping for the remote, the air conditioning remote control, and they're thinking, oh, it's actually already quite cool in here. Why the hell is she doing that? They don't miss a beat because they probably know why. They can guess. And they don't need to make a joke or look funny or have her explain because yeah. that's what menopause friendly is. Yeah. And for those women in their 40s, just make sure you've got sanitary products on you at all times. And you big girl trousers. Oh my God. It's really awesome. She was just, they've got their own business, my sister and brother in law. And she said she bought this gorgeous new wool dress. It was in the middle of winter, thick wool dress. She said, and her and her husband are sitting there working and she felt the sweats coming on. She said, and I couldn't get out of my dress and I'm going to my husband, get it out of me. It would have been all prickly and, oh. He's like, okay. So let's add that to the list. No woolen dresses either. No really thick dresses that you can't get off quickly. Just not. Totally. (laughs) This has been great. Oh, thanks for having me. Just tell me quickly, I will put all of your connection details on the website, but just tell me quickly how people can connect with you. Sorry, I've got a runny nose. Hay fever season in Queensland. Oh, no. Hay fever season. Look, for the the women out there that are listening, that you've got a place in my my heart, anyone who's struggling with hot flushes, because I did for a long time in the workplace, I've put together a guide that really helped me. I call it my hot flush relief formula. It's helped me and other women. And that's what I would offer up today because I like to offer some practical support as we are here too, because I think that's what's really helpful. So you can grab that at free, www.freemenoguide.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much. No worries. It's been great. It's been lovely. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite player. And while you're at it, we'd love you to leave us a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode. And remember, if you're busy thinking about what you can't have, how on earth are you going to enjoy what you can have? See you next week.